بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا ما بعد اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل ابداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والنيه والهدى انك على كل شيء قدير امين Yesterday we began the topic of esteem for the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Covered a few hadith on this topic. And how the elders in the past, but the way they had extreme value and respect for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name. Inshallah, it's a lengthy uh, section, but we'll move on, inshallah, to uh, the next topic. Reflection on, funer- on funerals. Uh, Aisha radiallahu anhu used to say, Kana Usayd ibn Hudayr radiallahu anhu min afadilin nas. Usayd ibn Hudayr radiallahu anhu was one of the best of people. Wakana yaqul, and he used to say, Lo anni akunu kama akunu ala ahwalin thalathin min ahwali, lakuntu hina akra ul Qurana, wahina asma'ahu yukra, waida samir to khutbatan li rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi sallam, waida shahitu jinazatan, wama shahitu jinazatan katu, fahadathu nafsi bisiwa mahua mafurun biha, wama hiya sa iratun ilahi. Usayd ibn Hudayr radiallahu anhu, she says, was one of the best of people. He used to say, if I could choose, I would always be in one of three states. If I could choose, I would always be in one of three states. Number one, reciting the Qur'an and listening to it being recited. Reciting the Qur'an and listening to it being recited. Number two, listening to the address of Rasulullah sallallahu or att- Okay, listening to the Prophet sallallahu speaking. Listening to his khutbah. Number one, reciting Quran or listen listen to it being recited. Number two, listening to the khutbah of the Prophet ﷺ. Number three, attending a funeral. Attending a funeral. He said, I did not attend any funeral, but that I told my soul that the same will be done to it and it will suffer the same fate. This is a beautiful selection here to start off today. It's like, number one, she's speaking, Aisha radiallahu anha, is speaking about how this individual, one of the great companions, Usayd bin Hudayr radiallahu anhu, how he wished to be in one of three circumstances. Because naturally, we all our iman and ruhaniyat fluctuates, ups and downs. And we want to desire to be in the state that is the highest. So he says, I have, a st- I have my feel, my iman is the highest in three states. Number one, when I'm reciting Quran, when I'm listening to it being recited. So now let's ask ourselves, what is the condition of my iman? What is the condition of my spirituality when I'm reciting Quran? And what is the condition when I hear it being recited? Do I feel elevated? Am I at my all-time all high? Number two, when I'm hearing the khutbah of the Prophet ﷺ, can we hear a khutbah today? Of the Prophet ﷺ? What about a hadith? What is hadith? Hadith are the words of the Prophet ﷺ. Allahu Akbar. When we listen to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, it should really have that effect on us that we are in the presence of the Prophet ﷺ. And he is speaking and we are listening. That should be the condition of our hearts. Like it was the condition of the narrators of the hadith and the compilers of the books of hadith that they took so much effect from what they, what they heard, what they shared. 
It was very, very visible on their faces, very visible on their bodies. The type of effect that they would take from listening or sharing the hadith of the Prophet And third, highest level spirituality should be is when we attend a funeral. Again, I'm sorry, but we have to ask ourselves, for, for when was the last time we attended a funeral? And when we attended the funeral, what did we sense was the situation that we are in and those who are around us? How many people were as though they see death in, their, in front of them? It's not as though. They, actually see, they are actually seeing the effects of death, of medical mode coming, visiting someone's home last night or visiting their home this morning. And the effect of it is you have a jinaza in front of you, a dead body. And we are lowering it into the grave. We are actually taking soil and throwing it on that body. But subhanAllah, in all these three states, and I think one of the most saddest part is janazah, is we find that our hearts are nowhere near where it needs to be. But instead, people are still involved in discussions of the dunya. People are still on their cell phones talking about lunch meetings, dinner meetings, uh, business, uh, stock prices, gasoline prices, you know, this and that. And then when you meet people, what is it? It's a place to meeting grounds. The janazah is being lowered into the grave, the bulldozer is coming and lowering the casket in, and they're putting a huge cement block after which will never ever till the day of judgment ever be removed. And what is the community doing? Besides a few relatives close by, the rest are milling around the graveyard, stepping on some other graves. Here some maybe going looking hunting to see what's written on the gravestones. Others just simply milling around talking. Catching up with old friends, where in a graveyard? I'm not exaggerating. This is exactly what happens: is that these people are in a whole different dunya, and then you have this another big musibah: the people taking pictures and videos of the deceased. Where is the aqal of the people? Where is the aqal of the people? La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. May Allah seriously give us hidayah. I don't know. We have really lost all bounds of decency and haya. You don't need a video. You should be looking there and crying to say, this tomorrow will be me. If my parents are alive, probably my siblings, my parents, my spouse, then myself in some sort of order are going to be in there. That's it. That's us. We don't need to send a message to anyone. But instead of taking that, we're taking pictures and videos and sometimes of the deceased's face as well. Beloved brothers and sisters, we have to really get our game together, get our act together. This is not the way a person should attend a janazah. A person should have complete, he should completely forget all his belongings, his phones, this, that, and should be simply focused on what is ahead. The Prophet said, Death is a sufficient giver of advice. You don't need a bayan after you see death, you don't need any lecture after you see death. Death should give you the most important advice that anyone needs. That's how it's supposed to be. People who, people who understand where this, what's going on. People who understand how Malik al Maut is going to come to us. In one a hadith, or in, in, in one place, um, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned. Actually, Imam, Imam Qurtubi mentions in his book at Tathkira that Malik al Maut comes. Malik al Maut comes, and he says, when a janazah is there, there's a dead body lying. People are crying around the dead body in the house. Malik al-Maut speaks, but of course we cannot hear the speaking of the angel of death. He says, you're crying over this dead body. Inna thumma thumma ahada. 
This is not the last time I'm visiting. I'm going to keep on coming to this house again and again and again until I will ensure that there's not a single one of you alive. They say that if the people were to hear Malakul Maut speaking at that time, they would stop crying over the deceased and start crying over themselves. But they can't hear. They can't hear what Malakul Maut is saying. That I'm going to come again and again. And that's the reality. That's exactly what's going to happen. Once a janazah comes out of a house, it doesn't stop there. Malakul Maut will keep on visiting until there will not be a single living creature left in that house. That's how it's meant to be. Allah Azza wa Jal has decreed that كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ Every single person must taste death. We all have to do so. وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَّوْنَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ And indeed you'll be given your reward in full on the Day of Judgment. So these are the three conditions. When reciting, reciting Qur'an or listening to it, what's the next one? Listening to the hadith or khutbah of the Prophet And third is witnessing a janazah. Right? It has to take effect. So we should ourselves start checking ourselves. What's the condition of my heart in these three states? And if we don't find it to be at an optimal condition, we know that our heart is unfortunately being deviated through our own sins, through our own materialistic values, etc. And let us make a habit to try to attend as many janazas as possible. Let us try to our best to participate in the, even the washing of the body and attending the funerals. This will soften the heart. But on the condition that we do it properly, that we don't have our phones with us, that we're not chit-chatting, that we have our tasbih in our hand, and we say, okay, by the time the janazah is done, let me recite 5,000 salawat. It's taking a long time? Okay, 10,000 salawat. 10,000 istighfar. That day will, that person, wallahi al-azim, that person who you're lowering down, he will give the whole world and whatever it contains to be able to say one subhanallah, but he won't be able to do it. He will give the whole world whatever it contains to say one astaghfirullah, but he can't do it. You're alive. I'm alive. Come on. Let's do it. Like this should, if not now, when we witness someone being lowered, then when are we going to do it? When's again the wake up call going to be? Allah subhanahu wa says, Has not the time yet come for your hearts to tremble? Has not the time come yet for your hearts to tremble in front of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Abdul, Abdul Aziz ibn Abu Rawad says when the Prophet followed a funeral janazah he would re- funeral procession he would remain extremely quiet and he would contemplate Allah this is the Nabi of Allah Nabi of Allah knows as, he, as soon as he leaves this world what is waiting for him the highest levels of paradise that any man, jinn has ever seen, witnessed, are waiting for him. But the Prophet ﷺ, he is keeping quiet, thinking, contemplating. They believed, the Sahaba say, we believed that he would be thinking to himself about the circumstances of the deceased, what he is going through, and what he is being asked about. And Nabi is worried about his ummati, even after his death. Rather, even more so after his death, that what is my ummati going through right now? Whether he's a believer or not, what type of believer was he? Now, Nabi said, for example, that when, when, the, when the grave, when, the, when, a person is, when a person is buried, and the Prophet said, that when you walk away 40 steps, the angels descend into the grave. Munkar and Nakir come. They wake the person up. Usually Sanihi. They wake him up. They make, they make him sit upright inside the grave. You put him flat. But the angels come and they make him sit upright. And then they start asking him questions. Man rabbuk, ma dinuk, ma fi rajul. Who's your Lord? Who's your Prophet? Uh, what is your religion? What do you say about Prophet Muhammad So the Prophet said, 
that ask الثبات, ask for steadfastness for this person who just passed away. For indeed, he is being asked as we speak. We just buried him. We came now. He's being asked. You don't see it, but angels have descended into the grave. They are sitting him right and asking him questions. Now engage in dua. Not let's plan to go here and let's go plan to go there. But rather, let's sit a few minutes in your car. When everyone's gone, Allahu Akbar, beloved brothers. The, the, sad, the, the ajib thing is that there's no such thing as when you, when you talk about a certain scenario. Someone got robbed. Huh? Someone, uh, someone got hit. Someone got this and lost their money. You say, oh man, that's scary. It's sad. I hope that doesn't happen to me. You can say stuff like that. But when it comes to death, you can't say that. It's going to happen to everyone. La muhalata. The one who's hearing, the one who's speaking, the one who's witnessing, the one who's everywhere. And all of us have to go through this situation of death. And so when we walk away to the grave, away from the grave to our 2 p.m. appointment, 3 p.m. lunch, 4 p.m. to go pick up our kids from school because we're rushing. Imagine a day will come when everyone will leave because they got their own appointments to go to and it will just be myself, me, myself, and I. That's it, inside this grave. Whether it's uh, you know, a busy day or not, people, are, people come and they say, how long are they going to stand at the grave? How long are they going to cry? How long are they going to read Surah Yasin? 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 1 hour? After that, no one spends the night. I know some people, subhanAllah, they get so emotional, they want to spend the first night in the, in the graveyard next to their mother, Allahu Akbar, next to their father. That's a natural emotion. But then the relatives say, no, 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 you can't do that, man. What are you doing? Come back home. Allahu Akbar. But even if a person were to practice, were to do that, how many nights are you going to stay in the graveyard? How many nights? How many hours before he himself gets worried and goes home? The rain is going to come. The snow is going to come. The sleet is going to come. The heat is going to come. The animals are going to come. So everyone has to be. That's why they say, that people prepare for the first night of their wedding. People prepare for the first day of university, first day of medical school, first day of being, getting on the first day on the job on the 29th floor of some big, big company, first day of a CFO, CEO of a company. Beloved brothers and sisters, we have to prepare for the first night of the grave. That's what we have to do. How is the first night of the grave going to go? We have spent so much preparation and times, but first this and first that. First, first day in kindergarten. First day in eighth grade. First day in senior year. First day in college. Huh? First day at the job. First day in the summer job. First day full-time job. First day of marriage. This, that. First day after having a baby. First day after having a second one. First day of after your son graduates. All of these first. But the main first is the first night in the grave. That's going to be tough. Because it's not just my, me, myself, and I, but Allah Azza wa will be sending down the munkar and nakir. And then what about the worms? What about the insects that are naturally in the soil? The millions of insects. How many of us get so scared when we see one insect? We say, ah, we run and run. We look at a spider in the house, a dandelion, or oh, what's this, you know, the six-legged large uh, spider. We get scared. We say, what is this? But subhanAllah, can you imagine how many thousands of spiders over a period of hundreds and thousands of years are in, 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 in the soil that we, we are surrounded, we will be surrounded with. These bones, this hair, that beautiful whole hair that we sit and comb, that we put, we put uh, 10 types of shampoos, conditioners, pre-shampoo, post-shampoo, then different types of oils, different types of all sorts of stuff that is spent millions of dollars, billions of dollars globally spent on hair and hair products. Imagine how quickly within the first day and a half that hair is going to be disintegrating. It will all fall off. The scalp will be in pieces, finished, eaten up. Imagine those beautiful eyes that we put glasses on, we put colored eye contacts on. The people gaze into those eyes, people focus on the beauty of the eyes and the eyelashes and the eyeliners. And all the beauty products are used to make those eyes more attractive. 
Imagine how those insects will be going and eating through those eyeballs, eyelashes. Within the first few hours, within the first night, second day, those eyes will no longer be there. Those ears, will, insects will be, have gone inside them. The skin that a person says puts so much cream on and various types of cosmetics, products on that face to make it outstand, to become beautiful, rosy cheeks and to become just hydrated at the right, in the right manner. All of this stuff that we spend so much on our skin and skin products, it won't even be three days, it won't even be two days before it will be all torn apart. The stomach, the hands, the feet, the, every single thing torn apart, eaten away by the insects of the ground. This is not some sort of exaggeration. This is the reality that must come to me and must come to all of us. Lucky are the ones who contemplate and think about the scenes of the grave on a daily basis so that they prioritize their few minutes and few days that we have left on this earth. The clock is ticking. Every single day people are leaving. Every minute people are leaving. And what, when's my time? When's your time going to be up? I don't know. This very well may be our last Ramadan. This very well may be our last day. This very well may be our last fast. We have no idea how many more days we go. Most people who go, they don't know it's their last. Most people who passed away this morning, or this afternoon, or are passing away right now, didn't know that this was going to be their last day. It just how happened. Did you see when it just read it came in the news? One, one famous uh, billionaire who started up one of the most famous tech companies in the world. He was just murdered this, uh, this afternoon, right, in San Francisco. Just like that. SubhanAllah, top CEO of a founder of a multi-billion dollar company. Gone just like that. Who, 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 would, have, who would have ever imagined? Uh, did he ever imagine? Did his family ever imagine? He probably think what type of future, nice retirement he's going to have, this, that. No time, beloved brothers. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides for us to come back, we have to go back. So the lucky is the one who thinks about the first night of the grave. Budail says, Mutarraf would meet one of his closest brothers at a funeral. And perhaps he was absent-minded, but he would do no more than greet him and then turn away from him, preoccupied with what he was doing. What was he doing? Focusing on the janazah. We don't have time for, for a chit-chat here. We don't have time to make plans of where we're going to go out this weekend. No, there's a janazah in front of us. Everything must come to a halt. Muhammad ibn Suqar narrated Ibrahim, rahimullah, said, إِن كَانُوا يَشَدُونَ الْجَنَازَةِ فَيَظَلُّونَ الْأَيَّامَ مَحْزُونِينَ يُعْرَفُ ذَلِكَ فِيهِمْ When the earlier generations used to attend a funeral, they would remain for days in sorrow, and it could have been seen on their faces. For days. Why are you so down? Who passed away? No, I don't know. I just attended a janazah. I just attended a janazah. But that's it. Doesn't make a difference whether the person who passed away is my relative or not. The fact is I am being reminded of my day. That's why I'm sorry. I'm sad. You know someone said something powerful. They said when people cry at your funeral, they're not actually crying for you. They're actually crying for the fact that you're gone. And they're going to miss the things that you used to do for them, the company they used to enjoy. In reality, they're crying for their own selfish reasons. They're crying because they're going to miss you. Not over you. They're not crying for you. They're crying for themselves. Because they're no longer going to have your wealth or no longer going to enjoy your beautiful face or no longer enjoy your beautiful company or no longer enjoy your laughs, etc., etc. So this is pretty deep if you think about it. In reality, everyone's crying for their own loss. Who's crying about the, what's going to happen to me? What exactly is this night happening to me in my first, first night of the grave? Wow. How few people talk about that. Everyone is saying, he would be here. He would be enjoying the dinner with us. He would be enjoying the iftar with us. And we miss him. But forget about you. What about him? 
How is this first night in the grave going? And how about her? What about her first night in the grave? Subhanallah. It really is a nafsi nafsi world. It really is a nafsi nafsi world. Each person should be thinking that when I'm gone, no one's gonna remember me. If they remember me, it's for their own sake. I have to worry about myself. Ya Allah, may Allah give me and you the reality of what I'm saying. That we have to worry about our own a'mal, beloved brothers. We have to take our a'mal with us down, man. You get stuck in the bathroom with the empty lota, what happens? You're knocking, sometimes no one's there. Allahu Akbar. You're just like, what's going on? Come on, anyone here to help? Nope, bye, we, we have to run to the iftar time. Something as simple as that. Brother, who's gonna care about your a'mal? Brother, I'm short a thousand a'mal. I'm short ten fast. I'm short a hundred thousand dollars in sadaqah. I'm short fifty thousand in zakat. Bye, we gotta worry about our own selves. Who's got time to look down upon us? That's why whatever we can do right now, we should do. Whatever you can do with your money, do it right now. Don't wait for other people, your heirs, to do with your money, which they will never. Do what you can. If you have the money in your hand, do something right now with it. If you have your tasbih in your hand, do something for it right now. Whatever khayr and good we can do, do not wait for the latter generations. The latter generations we see, they're in the ghafla, heedlessness. They, can't, they have no worry and concern about their own akhirah. Why would they be worried about your akhirah? They have no worry about their own qabr. Why are they going to be worried about your qabr? Every man and woman should be worried about his own ending. Qais ibn Ubadah said, كان أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يستحبون خفض الصوت عند القتال وعند القرآن وعند الجنائز. The companions of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, like to lower their voices in battle. Can you imagine that? They used to like to lower their voices in what? In battle. In battle. Focus. We're, this is happening for the sake of Allah. We need Allah's help here. We can't be chattering here. We can't be screaming here. In battle, they used to like to have their voices lowered. Number two, وَعِنْدَ Quran. And while reciting the Quran. And number three, وَعِنْدَ Janais, And at the funerals. Abu Sa'id Khudri radiallahu anh narrates that the Prophet ﷺ said, al-marda, Visit the sick. Go visit the people who are sick. وَاتَّبِعُ janais And follow the janazah processions. يُذَكِّرُكُمُ الْآخِرَةِ They will remind you of the next world. If you get an opportunity, you hear about someone who is in their final moments, beloved brothers and sisters, go visit them. It's so important. To see what a person who knows that they are in their final moments, and especially if they're conscious, what they're talking about, wow. You'll understand that this is the gist of everything. Once you get to the top of the mountain, this is what's going to happen. Or once you get to the bottom of it, this is what's going to happen. This is the crux of everything. That the, the statements that a man says at the final moments of his death, what is he saying? He's worried about what? His main thing is, my akhirah, oh my God, I wish I could have done something. Allah says, وَانْفِقُوا 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 مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ Spend from what we have given you. مِنْ قَبْلِ يَأْتِي أَحَدَكُمْ الْمَوْتِ Before death shall come upon you. فَيَقُولْ And the dying man shall say, لَوْلَا أَخَّرْتَنِي إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ قَرِيبٍ If you can only give me respite for a little bit of time. أَجَل, some time. قَرِيب, near. I'm not asking you for a lot of time. Just a little bit more time, Ya Allah. فَأَصَّدَّقَ So that I may give charity. A dying man's wish would be giving charity. Why? Because giving charity is the easiest thing to do. Praying a thousand rakats of dafil, going for hajj, going for umrah, going for jihad, harder things. Giving charity, if you look in the grand scheme of things, is easy. But shaitan makes it hard for us. فَأَصَّدَّقْ He says, so I may give charity. وَأَكُمْ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ And so that I may become from amongst the righteous ones. Allah says, وَلَنْ يُؤَخِّرَ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهَا Allah Azza wa will never allow the time of death <coughs> to be delayed once the time has come. إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ مَا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah is well aware of what you do. Beloved brothers and sisters, that is the reality that shall happen as mentioned in the Qur'an. That at the time of death, a person will be wishing 
that he could get a delay. And so that's why wishing, visiting some people. And you know, it's not always sad stuff. It's sometimes, mashallah ta'ala, you see some people who pass away in a very beautiful state. I've met certain people like that. Just waiting for Allah to call them back. Alhamdulillah. Continuously making shukr for what they have. Seeking forgiveness from everyone every day, single day. You know, imagine. You, you know you're passing away for the last couple of weeks. You're just making phone calls across the globe. Assalamu alaikum, my beloved. I'm going. You know, it was nice knowing you for the past 60 years, 50 years. And make dua for me, inshallah. I'm making dua for you at this time. Asibi. Oh, all, all the time on the phone Making phone calls Calling people And just asking them for forgiveness And telling them I'm making dua for you at this time As I'm dying Allahu Akbar There are real people like this out there right? Engaged in ibadah I remember in, I was in uh, Umrah Last year And I went to go visit my ustad My principal who was there in the haram And he was sitting up, up, up there in the, you know, On the second floor And next to him was a person On a chair With his You know with a, Like a reclining chair With his feet extended out He looked pretty sick so then uh, there was I asked, I asked Banana, who is he? He said he's from England. Advanced cancer, him and his wife, both advanced cancer. They've come to the haram to die. I was like, what? Yeah. They've come here, literally, they're in the last days, and they're just in pain. Allah, I mean, I've seen him, how much he was in pain. The cancer spread over the whole body. He said he wanted to spend the last days in the haram, waiting for death to come here. Imagine how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, gives death to different people. The fact that they can able to make it out there. Recently one brother told me about his, how his mother passed away. It was so touching, subhanAllah. He told me, you know, the, everyone surrounded, his mother has with cancer for 12 years. He said, everyone surrounded his mother uh, and were there visiting. And it was on a Friday in the month of Ramadan at 10 a.m. Everyone is surrounding. He said, we all together, together were saying, La ilaha wa la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. And then he said, literally with our own eyes, we saw her gain her conscience back and recite the kalima in front of her, in front of her eyes we saw, subhanAllah, the soul depart. Saying the reciting the kalima on a Friday morning in the month of Ramadan. Man kan kalami, la ilaha illallah, dakhla jannah. Whose ever last words are la ilaha illallah will enter jannah. I said, man, you know, brought tears to my eyes listening to her from the sun, sharing how his mother passed away. I said, tell me, please, she must have been a very special person. What did she do that Allah allowed her to have such a death? There must be something special. So one thing he told me, he said she was a manifestation of That they give preference to others over themselves in all situations, even if it means poverty for themselves. He said my mother would go through untold difficulty as long as it would bring comfort to someone, she would not hesitate to go through difficulty and pain for the sake of anyone. This sifa, he said, stood out from her life. May Allah grant her highest levels of Jannah, allow her children to follow in her footsteps and allow us to be, to be inspired by this and allow us also to work towards having a beautiful death. Muhammad ibn Urwa said, A female companion of the Prophet who people used to laugh at passed away. فَقَالَ Bilalun, Bilal said, وَيْحَاهَا Woe is she, قَدْ إِسْتَرَاحَتْ Now she rests. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّمَا يَسْتَرِيحُ مَنْ غُفِرَ لَهُ The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu said, only those who are forgiven rest. And then Muhammad ibn Abdurrahman ibn Awfil narrated that Sauda, the wife of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu said, O Messenger of Allah, when we die, Uthman ibn Mu'azun will pray for us until you come to us. <clears throat> the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu said to her, لَوْ تَعْلَمِينَ عِلْمَ الْمَوْتِ يَا بِنْتَ if you had the knowledge of death 
O daughter of Zama, you would know that it is far more difficult than what you assume. <coughs> Did you hear what I just said? The wife of the Prophet ﷺ is saying, Ya Rasulullah, Uthman ibn Maz'un has already passed away. We'll be with him. He'll be with until you come to us, meaning until you pass away and you join us. She's consoling herself. When we die, Uthman ibn Maz'un has already passed away, will be with us. And after that, we'll be waiting for you. Look at how he responds to his wife. He says, if you had knowledge of death, O daughter of Zama, you would know that it is far more difficult than what you think it is. It's not something easy or petty. It is something extremely difficult. Not only the death itself, but then of course the stages of the death. And this other lady, who is a companion of the Prophet ﷺ, people used to laugh at her for whatever reason, meaning she, was, she had a very humble state probably. So then, Bilal radiallahu anhu is saying, Alhamdulillah, now she can rest in peace. And Rasul ﷺ responds and corrects him. And he says, no, 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 no. Only the one who has been forgiven can rest in peace. Allahu Akbar. How we commonly say rest in peace. He passed away peacefully in his sleep. Who knows he passed away peacefully or he passed away with akhriju anfusakum with the angels of adab descending, pushing out yadribuna wujuhahum adwarahum, spanking and hitting his faces and his back and pulling out the soul as mentioned in the Quran. We don't know. It looks peaceful. What is peaceful? What's not peaceful? Only Allah Azza wa Jal knows. Right? Only Allah Azza wa Jal knows. Abu Darda radiallahu anhu said, he said, three things made me laugh and three things make me weep. Okay, we'll end with this. Three things make me laugh and three things make me weep. One who hopes for this world while death is seeking him. One who is hoping for this world while death is seeking after him. One who is heedless of Allah while Allah is not heedless of him. And number three, the one who laughs with a full mouth, not knowing whether Allah is pleased with him or Allah is angry with him. Allahu Akbar. He said, These three people, they make me laugh. That you are desiring the dunya while death is chasing after you. You are oblivious of Allah while Allah is not oblivious of you. And you have the, uh, the audacity to laugh mouthful, heedlessly, you know, laughing all over, rolling over, while you don't know if Allah is upset with you or pleased with you. And then the three things that make me cry, What makes me cry is the separation of Muhammad from his beloved companions. أَبْكَانِي فِرَاقُ الْأَحِبَّةِ مُحَمَّدٍ مُحَمَّدٍ وَحِزْبَةِ That I, am, I weep at the separation of Rasul ﷺ from his beloved companions. وَهَوْلُ الْمَطْلَعِ عِنْدَ غَمَرَاتِ الْمَوْتِ And the terror at the scenes of the throes of death. Terror at the scenes of the throes of death. وَالْوَقُوفُ بَيْنَ يَدَيِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ يَوْمَ تَبْدُوا السَّرِيرَةُ عَلَانِيَةً ثُمَّ لَا أَدْرِي إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ أَ and last thing that makes me weep and cry is standing before Almighty Allah, mighty and exalted is He, on the day when the secrets shall be made public. When the secrets shall be made public. Then I do not know whether it is toward a garden I am headed or towards the fire of hell I am headed. Allahu Akbar. What a powerful statement of Abu Darda radiallahu anhu. We'll end with this today. Inshallah. We will be continuing with some other ulama, inshallah, the next four days. I'll be traveling to Texas, do some programs there, inshallah. Houston, Austin, San Antonio, just in case if you know anyone out there. 
And inshallah we'll be back Continue on Monday night But we'll have uh, other ulama inshallah Continuing the dars We request everyone inshallah We can head down right now And we'll make the dua as, uh, in, a few, in a minute As we can head downstairs for iftar inshallah Iftar today is at 7.24 بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا احد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم لك الحمد حمدا دائما مع دوامك ولك الحمد حمدا خالدا مع خلودك ولك الحمد حمدا حتى ترضى ولك الحمد حمدا اذا رضيت سبحان الله وبحمده عدد خلقه ورضا نفسه وزنه عرشه ومداد كلماته اللهم لك الحمد عند طرفة كل عين وتنفس كل نفس اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأحوال والآفات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهيرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على درجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة بعد الممات إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم يا حي يا قيوم اغفر لنا